Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of Wine Flight. Who have we got this week, Sophia? So we've got Kim Murray and she is a former skeleton athlete and now she's working as a physiologist. Hello Kim, how are you? Hi, hey, I'm good, I'm good, thank you. Um, are you ready to taste some nice wine today? I'm very excited to try some nice wine, yes. Oh, yeah. um, it's been a busy day, so I'm ready. Good. <laughs> what have you been up to today? Uh, I've been working today, so I've been in the office, um, but sort of jumping about between my athlete training sessions and chatting with coaches. Um, and I, I also viewed a flat. Um, I'm still looking for a flat. Um, so it's been sort of here, there and everywhere. So it's nice to sit down, Ooh. have a chat. So you're, fl- okay. you're looking for a flat. So that means you recently moved back to Bath. Yeah, I, I moved back at the start of December um, for the job that I'm now working in. Um, and I moved from Edinburgh. So it was quite a big move. Um, I'm just sort of bouncing between Bath and Edinburgh through my adult life, it seems. <laughs> okay. um, but it's nice to be back. Two gorgeous places I was going to say, I mean, bounce. of all the places to bounce. That, that's, yeah, I, that's I can't complain nice. at all. <laughs> so, um, what were you doing in Edinburgh? Um, I was working as a rowing coach in Edinburgh, which was a slightly um, off-piste job because I have never rowed, or had <laughs> never rowed, I have now. Um, but I took a coach apprenticeship in, in rowing because I used to work in, in the sport, but as a sports scientist. So I thought, oh, I'll transition over to, to coaching. So I did that for 18 months. Um, and then a job came up back, back here in Bath um, as a physiologist with, with one of the sports that's based at the university, Modern Pentathlon. Um, so I applied for that and, and got it. And that's what I oh, was doing. Thank you. Yeah, that's what I was doing before. I was um, training full time. So my original trade, if you like, is a sports scientist. So right. I've sort of gone back to what I started doing. Oh, so tell us more. So how, what was your career path? <laughs> so <laughs> This um, sounds really interesting though. I did my undergraduate degree here in Bath and that was sports science. And then I went to Loughborough to do a master's in exercise physiology, um, which is just one of the sort of strands of sports science. And then I moved, I actually had a brief stint at the University of Essex working as a sports scientist with like the sports teams and general public. And then I moved up to Scotland for the first time um, to work as a physiologist for the Scottish Institute of Sport. And that was awesome. And then I did that for a couple of years, worked with lots of different sports. Rowing was one of them. And then I trialled for um, skeleton through like a talent ID um, process and then I was successful and that brought me back to Bath. <laughs> so I was here then in Bath for five or six years, I think, um, as a full-time athlete, which was amazing. And then COVID hit and I stopped stopped training and ran my own business for a little bit in Bath, but it was an online business. Um, and then got the job in Scotland as a rowing coach, went mm. back to Edinburgh and then came back down <laughs> to be a physiologist. So. Yeah, so all hence sports. the bouncing back. Yeah, I've worked in quite a few different sports now. Um, so yeah, I like, I guess I like variety, who, who knew? <laughs> and yet, have you always been into sport ever since like a, a child? Oh yeah, yeah. I remember like at primary school, um, like being all about sports day. And then, um, yeah, the first time I went to the track for like an athletics competition at where I grew up at home on the Isle of Wight. Um, and it just sort of went from there really. What is it about sport? you've got the bug for what what what's it um if i'm honest the reason i liked it so much to begin with was because i was good at it Mm. so i'd like win the running races and stuff so i was like oh let's do that again that was fun and i think that's what initially 
made me want to do more of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as I started to get older and be more sort of serious about sport, take it more seriously, it was wanting to see how good I could be. So I think there's that like competency and that sort of excellence idea that really mm. sort of speaks to me. Yeah. Um, In a way, like a competition <clears throat> with yourself, like trying to yeah. your last Yeah, exactly. Thing. Like, and, and it links into what I do as a job, is like making people sort of better at their performance, whatever that performance is. Mm. Like I really liked me being the person that was being better, but I still like making other people mm, better cool. at their sport. So I think there's definitely something in that, yeah, idea around like competency or excellence mm-hmm. that makes me sort of, yeah, really, really excited and keen. <laughs> <laughs> so what made you choose skeleton then? Because you said it came from doing like a tryout. So why did you choose that? Um, <laughs> so to be honest, so I knew what skeleton was because I went to uni here in Bath and um, I was at university when Amy Williams won her gold medal in the in the Vancouver Games in 2010. So I knew what I was getting myself into. Um, but if I'm, like, I never had an urge to do the sport before I tried out for it. Um, and the reason I did the application form and got the ball rolling was just because they were basically offering up the Olympics. Yeah. They were like, the, I'm pretty sure the wording in like the marketing was like, we're looking for the next Olympic gold medalist wow. in skeleton. Oh, okay. That's do you want to do you want to do that? And I'm like. Yeah. Yes, that um, competitive thing is yeah. like yes. <laughs> like the Olympics is the pinnacle of sport f- from my perspective, anyway. Um, and it's yeah, it's the highest of highs, and it's like totally extraordinary, and it really ticked all those boxes about like excellence and performance and stuff. So having that sort of as an opportunity, mm. there were like I understood from the start there were no guarantees that. Like, mm and no illusions how difficult it is to become an Olympian. Um, but yeah, that was really what got my interest. And yeah. then I just was like, well, I'll just learn this sport. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the reality is a bit different, but yeah, that's just, yeah. it wasn't really that I wanted to do skeleton. Yeah. I wanted to get to the Olympics and they were offering a really good pathway and opportunity. Hmm. So that's, that was my motivation. Well, it's been quite interesting talking to guests like uh, Chris as of writing, Ingrid, who's set up a vineyard, is mm-hmm. the transition from kind of being an enthusiast for it, you know, yeah. loving sport, to then becoming a full-time athlete in your case. Yeah. How big a leap was that to, you know, do it full-time as a professional? Is that huge um, or quite natural for you? I found it quite natural, hmm. I think, because I'd always wanted to do it. Yeah. And because I was working around athletes that were doing it. So mm. it wasn't like a foreign world mm. to me because I'd been in it even though I wasn't the athlete in it when I was working. But there is that switch in focus because it's suddenly your job, not your thing you do on the side. Like yeah. when I was, because I did athletics before I did skeleton and I still had big aspirations, but um, I was always very much like domestic sort of level athlete. Um, so it wasn't really gonna go to the Olympics well there was a point when I realized it wasn't really gonna go to the Olympics and then and that was just me doing athletics and then going on to the skeleton program like you're earning a a wage I mean it's really small but it's still awesome like we get lottery funding so you get to be paid to to do full-time training 
which yeah. I know is some people's worst nightmare. But but you're doing what you. <laughs> it was not my worst day. nightmare. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. So I guess the adjustment was actually being okay with just trying to relax. So like I train really hard in the day, but then you're expected to just sort of like go home and chill out, mm. which isn't really me. I'm a bit of a, I like to be busy. I'm, I'm better now, but yeah, I used to like, I mean, I had, I started my own business and things and yeah. that didn't always go down very well. Um, so that, <laughs> that adjustment of like being really strict and disciplined around what you're doing when you're not at training was probably the hardest bit. But just turning up and training every day is like the dream. Wow. Yeah, nice. I mean, in terms of something quite relevant to this, how was, because you like wine and mm-hmm. gin? Yes. <laughs> yeah, how, Ben, how, haven't you been tasting to something about gin? <laughs> yeah, we met at a gin tasting yeah. that I ran for you. Um, how have you managed that? Is it a real passion for you in terms of, trying gins and wines or is it something Um, that you just quite enjoyed uh, yeah it's more something that i'd enjoyed Mm. um i think and as i've gotten older as well i have an appreciation for like different wines different gins whereas i mean i started skeleton when i was 25 so wasn't that fussed about like the differences (laughs) and stuff (laughs) um but i think i was still sort of permitted if you like to have a drink or Mm. Um, you know celebrate at a wedding or something but the reality was it was quite infrequent and um, I I wouldn't necessarily have like a glass of wine at dinner at home and things like that but if I was out for a meal with my family I would maybe have like a glass of wine or something like that and yeah on the odd sort of celebratory occasion it was fine Um, but I guess it wasn't the the life of an average 25, 26 year old in the UK. No, yeah, no, <laughs> like really, yeah, really different. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was really enjoyed like going out through uni and stuff. Although even then I didn't go out as much as like the people I lived with because I was taking athletics mm-hmm. quite seriously. Um, so it has been a balance and I've definitely not always gotten that balance right because alcohol is not great for you when you're trying to train full time it you know <laughs> it doesn't yeah. make you feel great especially as you do get older I mean, we've all experienced just not being able to get up in the morning after uh, a night on the booze so yeah. like how could yeah. you train so, like you do it you do it once and you think you'll get away with it and you don't and then you're like oh, it just makes no sense to do that on the regular mm. because ultimately you only get one shot at being an athlete um so you just sort of like it it can wait um, yeah. but don't get me wrong I wasn't teetotal yeah. um, through that time it was just selective oh. does it mean that the moments when you do have a glass of wine or a ice gin do you think a bit more about what what you were drinking as well or was it just the occasion of being out and having a drink yeah I think you do mm. um, and I get I think that just comes into like getting older and taking more of an interest in like different gins and different wines um mm. Before I would just yeah go and just ask for a gin and tonic at the bar, and then and then like, especially now and like towards the back end of my career after doing gin tastings and things like that, you'd like have a look at the gins that are on the bar and mm. want to pick one. So yeah, definitely a little bit more um, discerning, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so how um, long were you in your kind of the skeleton part of your career? Uh, it was five years, I think. So from 2015, well, I triumphed through 2014 and then 2015 was when I started until 2020. Yeah. So, yeah, so you've just recently over five years. Sort of like in the couple of 
last couple of years you've moved on to do other things yeah and awesome so so what did you and then you used to rowing rowing coaching yeah <laughs> yeah so in the immediate aftermath when I stopped uh, skeleton it was it was literally the same time we went into the lockdown in 2020 mm. so that's why I um started my well I grew my business I already had it but I moved it online and it became sort of my full-time um thing was your business as a rowing coach or no it was as a personal trainer and running coach mm. um so I was still coaching it was still sport fitness health yeah. wellness all that sort of stuff but it was yeah more running yeah. based or just general population sort of well-being um, did you find that was like a, a ripe time to sort of pounce on that in the pandemic like did that change your business yes model yes it really changed it yeah it wasn't purposeful because i wasn't planning on stopping skeleton so i sort of my hand was forced if you like but it was a good time to build something online um, I don't think it would have you know worked six months prior mm, to that time yeah. um, because it was the only option a lot of people had um, and a lot of people were running in lockdown yeah. as well because yeah. we didn't have many <laughs> even many other who, options I'm not a sporty person yeah. but I was running even me and I, I wasn't a runner at that point <laughs> trust me <laughs> but you probably did fair better than I did <laughs> I don't know I thought I was, was going to pass out on several occasions until I got used to it <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not very good at running. I've managed to finally find my thing. Which ended spinning. Up, ended up being spin, yeah. I mean, I was very nervous the first time mm. I went to spin because I was like, I very, if I work out, I like to work out on my own, you know, kind of lone wolf kind of exercise, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no one's judging it. <laughs> but I was like, oh, am I going to like it? Everyone had always said, you know, proper Marmite kind of workout. Okay. You either yeah, love yeah, it or yeah. hate it. Um, and I went and it was just brilliant so now I've kind of got the addicted thing and yeah. I'd never had that before in a gym environment I used to love swimming and I did swimming competitively when I was a kid but I then went to uni and stopped and replaced exercise with drinking <laughs> sort of a <laughs> Korean and wine and whatnot um, but yeah and then getting back into it everyone's like oh there's a point when you're going to the gym or doing a sport where you then get that that moment yeah. where you become slightly not necessarily addicted to it but you get the excitement to go yeah it's like that's not gonna happen to me has it happened it spin and i'm like yeah every wow. week as soon as i'm at the class booking next week oh, <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the best time but, to book it when you're like yeah yeah gotta go yeah but um i got back into sport through getting married last year and um Neve was very fit my wife and then I had to be like okay I need to sort myself out if I'm gonna marry this woman yeah I need to go to PT and I got a PT it was very good and then got into it with the accountability thing yeah. that was always the hardest thing for yeah. me was the accountability thing um yeah and then wow. now the accountability thing is I've got a class booked and I've got to go but yeah. I ended up quite enjoying it that's a, I think there's something for yeah. everyone with exercise or mm. movement or whatever you want to call it. It doesn't yeah. have to be like, you know, formal sport or anything, even in a gym. There's so many, yeah. so many different options. But I'm a little bit jealous of you because I don't feel like I've got that uh, joy or commitment to exercise since I stopped training as an athlete. I found it quite yeah. difficult to sort of find my place when I mm. no longer have like a training group and a coach and a big goal yeah. so I'm a little bit jealous that you found that <laughs> although I don't think I'm going to try spin it annoys me because sometimes you see the person next to you and you're like yeah. you're not trying very hard and I'm dying <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that really annoys me Pick it up. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, Why are you cheating? <laughs> <laughs> it's like it easy. Walk in the park. Cool. Are um, you heading for the wines then? Yes, I think, uh, <clears throat> I think we should have some fish. I think so it's mine go would go yeah. first. Um, oh, you popped it already. I did, yeah. It's crown cap. So I pulled the crown cap off, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I was going to have a whole moment of popping the wine up and sorry. taking it from me. <laughs> well, imagine. I'll imagine. Right, I'm going to pour it out. Um, so, I thought some fizz. Um, apparently, Ben said it was against the rules, but it's a white. Well, we we, have two, we, we normally have two do white and red, but white I'll, I'll let you and two red. But it's white. It's white. <laughs> it's white, yeah. Um, I'm not going to argue. <laughs> but I thought it was a nice little celebration because... Um, you know, you, you're starting a new, embarking on a new thing. Um, also, I noticed that, so basically, I had a little uh, snoop on your Instagram profile. <laughs> okay. And I had braces in 2020. And I noticed you had yeah, braces. Yeah, I had braces too, yeah. And I think it's worth a toast to like, when you have them off. Yeah, it's and nice like, them you're off. like, yeah, look, I've got So yeah, cheers to Thank you. End of braces. Cheers. And cheers to a new start, a new yeah. a transition. It's worth yeah. a cheers. Sorry, I totally underpoured you and overpoured myself. <laughs> Ooh, it's nice, thank you. Now I'm overpoured, but I'm not going to. That's fine. That's um, very nice. Oh, so, so why? What, what are we drinking? <laughs> yeah. yeah, what is it? Mm. Home. What's in the glass? So, unfiltered Brintnature bubbly <laughs> yep. from Hungary. Um, found it on the Novel Wines website. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. There's a theme, there's a theme here. <laughs> Ben knows a lot. Be rude not to, <laughs> wouldn't it? it would but um, <laughs> it's a half bottle, and just a note about half bottles. I I think it's really cool when that's an option. So there there is a company called the uh, the Little Fine Wine Company that just do half bottles of wine. So Ooh. you can um, <clears throat> choose, uh, say, a bottle that might cost I don't know sixty pounds, which is a little bit you know it might be quite far out of your budget, but you can try that wine half a bottle for 30 and which is a bit yeah. more affordable and you know and, and yeah I think it's a really nice way of sort of trying different wines and yeah so this is really cool that it comes in a half bottle um so um over to Ben to actually <laughs> say a little bit more uh, about this so Sophia has chosen the Saint Donat Pfeiffer which is a lower bar pressure Mm-hmm. The fermentation is, um, you haven't done the dosage part you do in champagne, where you'd flick off the crown cap, put some more sugar and things okay. in it, and then you'd seal it with a mushroom cork. So this is unfiltered, it's a bit hazy, which yeah. you've probably seen, um, but it gives a bit of texture to the wine, so you have a bit of apple skin and things like that. Um, but St. Donat are based on the western side of Lake Balaton in West Hungary. Okay. It's all volcanic. You can sit in the vineyard, uh, in the winery, sorry, and overlook the massive lake that people go swimming in. And you oh. can have re- uh, food at the restaurant at St. Donat. Mm. It's very beautiful. So Ben and I it's met cool. on a wine trip to Hungary. Mm. And, yeah. But you were on a different part. You were on the Lake Balaton trip, weren't you? No, I was Kunshag no. and Villainy. But I've been I to was Balaton in the north. a few times. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so I'd I like a go. wine trip. Yeah. yeah. Is it think you should? Budapest. Budapest. Mm-hmm. Is, yeah, yeah, there's some yeah. wineries around there. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to Budapest next oh. month, so I'm just thinking. Well, I'm, I'm going with work, yeah. so I'm not sure I can uh. just take a trip to a winery. <laughs> you know, you so, <laughs> stuff in, only, obviously. There's a, there's a lot of really cool wine bars in Budapest. Oh, okay. So I think if, if you manage to get a get night, a night out on the yeah. <laughs> Budapest town, you'll get some Definitely. nice wine. Okay. Yeah. I will remember that. I'll have to uh, ask you for some recommendations. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I like, I like it. It's really nice. Yeah, when yeah. I when I sort of choose sparkling wines, 
I often do go for the brute nature. So if you see that on the label, mm-hmm. and that, like, I think Bev was saying, like, it means that no sugar is added. Yeah. So um, in that sense, you can kind of taste the the true characteristics of the grapes um, and, the, like, yeah, and the pure expression of the, of the wine. So I really like it because I don't often like... Um, kind of gacky feeling that you can get sometimes <laughs> yeah. when like a wine is a bit too sweet yeah um, especially sparkling mm. i think it's best when it's fresh and zingy yeah this does zest. taste a bit like zingier mm. and fresher than like a, another sparkling you can add there's more flavor to it rather than just fizz yeah i'm no expert but that's no that's <laughs> also it's unfiltered so you'll see that it's a little bit hazy in the glass yeah. um so that will also bring more character and flavor to the wine oh, delicious <laughs> I like this because it's kind of the nod to the world of cider. It's very apple-y, very green very, apple. Very, oh, yeah, true, Almost true. a bit tannic and a bit more kind of crafty artisan. Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, Even the cloudy sort of aspect of yeah. it is a bit more like cider, isn't it? Exactly, it's yeah. So it's refreshing. Mm. It is. Posh like, cider. Yeah. Posh yeah. cider, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's 12.5%, but you could drink that and just be like, I'm having a great time. Dangerous. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I think um, wines like this where you have the texture as well because it's unfiltered work a lot better with food. So if you are okay. you a cheese fan? Do you love cheese? Um, I do. I don't like all cheeses. Hey, what's your favourite cheese? Do you have a favourite? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, but it's really boring. Is it cheddar? cheddar? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cheddar's great. Like yeah. quite a strong cheddar. Yeah. yeah. I don't like blue cheeses, but I like brie and I like smoked cheese and I like, nice. um, what's it, Wensleydale with the fruit mm. in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, this I'm not that exploratory, but well. I like all those things. <laughs> <laughs> this would do cheddar well. It would do brie quite well as well, actually. A good cheddar, though, with the little crystals in. Yeah, that'd be mm, nice. Um, yeah, the Keen's nice. cheddar from around here. The proper pongy stuff. That's what uh, Jessica <laughs> some great as well. The stuff that smells bad but tastes great. Yeah. <laughs> That's the sign of a good cheese. Yeah, definitely. Um, so do you normally drink much fizz? Um, not, well, not normally. Like, not on a weekly basis, I guess. Yeah. But if I'm, like, at a wedding or something or, like, if I'm with certain friends who like to drink fizz, then I will. Mm. I actually drank champagne at new year because it was new year yeah and it made me so ill oh, yeah. the next day how much champagne did you well drink? about two bottles <laughs> oh, right. i'm not gonna blame the champagne i'm gonna blame the volume but really got me yeah really got me so where was new year's where, where did um, you i had an amazing new year's champagne. we went up to sky um, oh nice um in the highlands so it went back to scotland um because i had scotland in edinburgh no i had christmas in edinburgh sorry um, and then we went up to Sky for New Year's with oh, some lovely. friends that are living in Scotland. So it was all planned before I got my job and oh. left. Um, but still wanted to oh, go that's and do like it. Oh, a nice way to kind of round off your time there. Yeah, it, it was. I'd never been to Sky and it was phenomenal. I really okay. want to go back. Um, I actually saw some pictures of that. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> such a Love it. Full on stalker. But, um, but wild swimming, that's a theme. Yeah, yeah, we went, in, we went in the water. Um, I mean, I'm from an island, so I like going in the sea. I love being in the water. I'm not actually a good swimmer, but I like being in the water, <laughs> if I can touch the floor. Um, <laughs> Even if it's hard, so one of your pictures, you've yeah, got I had a hat on. Hat on well, we used to um, jump, well, not jump, but we used to quite often use ice baths or go in the lakes when we were abroad sliding as like a recovery modality. Um, so I'm not 
I mean, it's not pleasant, obviously, but I, I'm sort of used to being in cold so water. So good, I guess. It's so good for you. But um, it's still a was... huge shock when you get in. It felt like like millions of little pins all oh. over my body. I wasn't in for very long. Um, but yeah, we went for a quick dip in the waterfall um, just on New Year's Day once I'd recovered. It was about 4pm because it really did take me a long time to get out of bed that day. Um, but yeah, I still made it. Just... Well, the best thing on a hangover though, <clears throat> getting into Well, I thought it was water. really going to snap me out of it. But Did I felt pretty not? ropey afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was all the adrenaline, you know? I was going to say, I can't remember um, cold, <laughs> cold, cold dip in the sky waterfall as a hangover cure. And <laughs> I really thought it would be. And I was going to go one way or the other. <laughs> yeah. No, I did feel a bit ropey afterwards, but I, I, I enjoyed it. It was, it was nice. Yeah, I do like jumping in water. <laughs> oh, nice. Do you have one of those dry robe things? That yeah, have the shirt I got one for my birthday. It's not a dry robe. It's a, it, um, do you know Finister in Bath? the sort of yeah, sustainable yeah, outdoorsy yeah. shop. Um, it's, it's from there, so I got it for my birthday. Um, so that's the first time I'd used it in Sky, actually. Oh, um, cool. So yeah, but it is new. So I'm not really like a regular cold water swimmer. <laughs> not yet. I did also get a paddleboard for Christmas. So um, oh, well excited for that. I know, yeah, I know. My mum bought me one. I was very lucky. Go um, paddleboarding on the Canal, the Avon Canal. I don't know if I'm going on the canal. No. I might go on the river. It's, yeah, it's a bit. The canal's a bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Unless you don't fall in. Yeah, I mean, the last time no, I jumped in the, the river in Bath, I got ill. So uh, okay. to be careful not to fall oh, in. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, although, yeah, yeah. So be selective. <laughs> How's your balance? <laughs> balance is fine. On the river, it'll be easy-ish. Yeah. The yeah. sea's a lot harder. I tried mm. to go paddleboarding at home over the summer, and that was a bit... Um, I had to go on my knees, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it was a bit sketchy. <laughs> I went paddleboarding in Miami. I did a little one of those um, Airbnb experience things. And, you know, the idea was amazing because Miami has these little canals mm -hmm. and uh, all the pictures are, you know, sun, palm trees. The day that I went, it was stormy. Oh, like, no. it was, well, it was just the beginning of a storm. So it was like raining a little bit, like spitting, and then it was like torrentially raining. Oh. <laughs> like, most of us spent the time lying on the paddleboard being really miserable. <laughs> yeah, you really do need the weather for that sort of activity. <laughs> Definitely. Okay, I am going to show you a Gruner Veltliner. Okay. Are you a fan of Sauvignon Blanc style wines and things like that? Fresh? Yes, yes. Sauvignon okay. Blanc is my favourite white wine. Oh, Ooh. lovely. So, so it should be good. <laughs> I like to bill Gruner Veltlina, which is Austria's style grape variety, as kind of a Sauvignon Blanc with a nice kind of herby, spicy character to it. Ooh, okay. So you get some, you get the freshness and the citrus that you get in a Sauvignon, but you get this lovely peppery spice to the wine as well oh i'm intrigued so i hope you like <laughs> and um, i love austria as well so that's cool austria is oh, one of my nice. favorite places it's um, just so stunning isn't it amazing yeah i love vienna as well i think it's one of the most beautiful cities that oh, i've been to yeah i really want to go <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like we've been speaking about vienna since uh, we first recorded uh, <laughs> podcast in <laughs> um so this is eschenoff holzer wagram gruner veltliner it's a um, it's Arnold Holzer who when he started he got rid of all the flute bottles and cork sealed wines and he put everything in this bright green craft beer label kind of thing screw cap closure and he just made wine that was slightly more fruity and a bit more approachable and just a easier style and I think it's a lovely introduction to Gruner which mm. is Austria's star 
great variety. Ooh. So have a smell and a taste. Let me know what you think. One sort of key sort of tasting note with Grunewaldlina is white mm. pepper. So see if you can. Um, it, it tastes almost pick that up. smoother than a Sauvignon. Mm. Like something yeah. takes the edge off. Yeah. Don't know. What Not it is. as acidic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. Acidity, yeah. yeah. You have very sandy soil in Wagram, so you get lots of um, water retention, which okay. means the grape varieties get plumper and fatter and the acidity drops a bit more. So you end up with a softness in the wine. That yeah, I can definitely nice. taste that softness. Mm. It's really good. Very drinkable. I think you get like a... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Easy wine. <laughs> <laughs> very, very drinkable. That's what we like. But you get like a, a slight prickle of that. Yeah white pepper spice don't you but yeah. you sort of get it in the middle i yeah. think of the taste yeah I would yeah agree. not at the start not right at the end but it's through there in the middle yeah it also makes your mouth water a bit afterwards so yeah, yeah mm. but kind of makes you want more yeah. <laughs> it does i'm getting like green apples green pears that mm. sort of tasting it yeah and you got a bit of peachy heat on there as well when you swallowed it you know like the fruity bit in the back of the throat it's like white peach mm. i quite like that you get, I find with Gruner, if you're more west, you get spicier and savoury character. And then the more east you go, the softer you get. Mm-hmm. So if you follow on a map in northeast Austria, you can basically get spicy and green all the way around to peachy and mm. then you get hungry. But you can, closer to Vienna, the fruity cool. of the wine. Yeah, it's, it is really fruity. It's really nice. Yeah. So, nice casual white against Sophia's mm. zippy sparkling white. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very nice. Um, yeah, I can get a little bit of peach. So yeah. Quite subtle. Yeah, yeah, subtle, yeah. Yeah, it's just the softness and the ripeness that comes through at the end, I think. Mm. Yeah, it's nice. nice, a little bit of sweetness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, are you um, a cook? Do you like to cook at home? <laughs> no. <laughs> you deliver? <laughs> um, I do cook because, I mean... A, like what you eat and how you feel yourself as an athlete is really, really crucial. So I, I do cook, but I don't get the joy from it that I know other people get. It's very functional for me. Mm. Um, do you think, and that is that your athlete's mind, like food is for function and nutrition rather than um, enjoyment? No, I really enjoy food, mm. but I don't get enjoyment from cooking my own stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there we go. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think... When I'm cooking, it's about function. I'm doing it because I know I have to eat and I'm cooking certain things because I know certain things I need in my diet. I mean, not so much now, but like before. Um, but my partner, James, he really loves cooking. So I've really lucked out there. Um, Sounds that's like a, a good, good deal. Yeah, yeah it's really, really good. The, the bad thing is that he's only home like three nights a week. So I do have to fend for myself the other no, night. is it toast? Um, <laughs> no, I'm not that <laughs> Oh, no, it'll be something that I can like have again and again. <laughs> okay. What's your go-to? What What are you? My go-to for like a hassle-free meal mm. would be sort of sausages and pesto tray bake sort of thing. Oh, you just nice. throw okay. it all in and put yeah. it in the oven. Yeah. Although that's not good at the minute because how much oven's costing to run. But mm. that's my go-to because it's like minimal effort. Yeah. Um, but I also like. Mexican, so I will make like yeah. fajitas or like a spicy rice. Or not spicy, that's a lie. I don't really like spicy, <laughs> <laughs> but like a Mexican-inspired rice of like chicken right. and chorizo and no. things like yeah. that. Um, so that takes a bit more effort because you need to do the extras to make it like really good. So mm-hmm. um, I, w- I wouldn't do that 
like just for me on a weekday, for example. I'd wait till right. James came home and then mm. he would do it, basically. <laughs> <laughs> well, that greener would go very well with that spicy oh. rice. Would it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah that would be delicious. So yeah. would the sparkling. It's <laughs> <laughs> fighting talk fight, now. Fight, fight. It's literally <laughs> the, my favourite thing that we cook, so um, I maybe yeah. I'll have to... Oh, um, yeah. we'll level have to up get, for give... the next time. Although James isn't a wine fan, but I think he's just had bad wine. Mm-hmm. That could be true. So um, I think he needs to expand his horizons on the wine. Ah, does <laughs> he that, like Because half bottles are really handy for me as well. There you go. Because I'll never drink like a whole bottle of wine over a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um, it just goes to waste because he won't drink it with me. Yeah. So half bottles <laughs> all the way forward. There we so. go. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Or cans. Oh, cans. <laughs> so you mentioned red wine wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're interested in finding some good wine, but you're more of a white wine drinker, traditionally? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I wouldn't pick red for myself, but if there's red going, I'll try it. That's sort of how yeah. I'd describe myself. Okay, marvellous. I think mine is so pretty pretty, like. I'm pretty game to find a red wine that I like and I want to drink. Okay, well, Sophia's picked a very nice red wine for you to try. I Thank you. So, <laughs> I love that. Thank you. What have I you appreciate got? that. What have we got? Um, so, the vineyard is called Seacrest, and we're looking at kind of the west side of Canada, where the Okanagan Valley is. Um, and it's organic, it's vegan, um, so really kind of pure and fruit forward and, and bright and fresh. Um, which is kind of what I'm interested in at the mm. moment. I, I was saying on previous episodes that my tastes change all the time, but right now I'm really interested in these kind of light-bodied, um, but not not sort of light on, the, not simple and light on the palate, but just more lighter. Because um, I think we always get people get confused sometimes with like lighter means more sort of simple, but actually light wines can also be complex yeah. and interesting as well. Um, and I think this is one of them. I don't know. What do you guys think? Let's see. I would agree. Um, I, th- as far as Gamay goes, this is my favourite Gamay because Ooh, it's good, nice. right? It's yeah. so silky. It is lighter than how what I would think of as red, a red. wine. And actually, because we're in quite a cold room, <laughs> like, it's well um, chilled. <laughs> the wine is quite chilled, but it really suits this temperature. So yeah, lots of people. That. Yeah, lots of people associate reds with. Um, room temperature or mm-hmm. even warm. I've seen people warm up reds in a towel on the radiator kind of thing. Oh, really? To, um, yeah, to take the edge off them. But actually, they're, I think they're nicer, like a little bit cooler, especially this kind where it's it's a lot lighter and less, um, the tannins are very, very fine and uh, not grippy. You know, you sometimes get those really grippy tannins. But yeah, much nicer, cooler. Yeah, I think when you chill a wine red, you get some of the more bitter character, which okay. I really like because yeah. I drink Negronis and things like that. So I like <laughs> that kind of bitter note. And if you remember on the gin tasting, when we tasted the gin neat with mm-hmm. a little bit of water, yeah. and it balanced everything out, but you got the real flavour of the gin, you get that kind of element with a cooler red wine. Yeah. You get more of the character, more of the botanical yeah. character. Yeah. I like the chilled aspect. Mm. I quite like any drink cold, apart from tea, obviously. <laughs> I think yeah. drinks are nicer are cold in general. Mm. Yeah, yeah, like no, I like this. When it's when a w- warmer reds can be quite soupy, like and actually mm. changes the 
the beauty and what's attractive about them in the first place. Um, so I, this one, I think, yeah, it really shows off the fruit um, and it's really red fruit, like red strawberries and cranberries, um, like mm. a little bit of even pink peppercorn. Like it's really quite alive and vibrant. Mm. That's good. Strawberries are my favourite fruit, so. That was oh, a great pick. And I don't think that's on my Instagram, so I don't think you could have known that. <laughs> I didn't know that. I know everything else about you. Just an image of Kim at Wimbledon having strawberries. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> okay, so I have gone for something almost completely different. Um, so Gamay is almost like Pinot Noir style. And then I have a Nebbiolo, which is in Italy, is quite floral, very tannic, but quite light still, mm. um, but has kind of dry fruits and things like that. And in Italy, it makes the wine called Barolo, which can be quite expensive and hard to access and normally needs food or at least a lot of time before it's ready to drink. Okay. What I have here for you is a Mexican Nebbiolo from 2015, seven years old, and it's from uh, L.A. Cheto. So Louis Alberto Cheto, who runs this winery, is probably the most Mexican man I've ever <laughs> met. Big moustache, cowboy hat, oh, wow. proper classic, laughs a lot. Um, <laughs> and he owns the winery, so he has the fun job of just drinking it. Um, and, <laughs> That's why he laughs a lot. <laughs> yeah. And the vineyard owner and winemaker is Camilo Magoni, who's a 70 plus years old, has been doing it for 50 years and is a complete kind of, um, I don't know, a specialist and expert. He's been doing it for mm -hmm. so long that few people do it better. And when oh. it comes to Mexican wine, a lot of people think, oh, too hot, can't grow any wine there. But we are outside of mainland Mexico and on Baja California, which is the peninsula that stretches down on the western okay. side of the American coast. So here you have 500 metres above sea level and loads of uh, cool breezes. So you have lots of sunshine, but a coolness. And then this makes a nebbiolo that's jammier and a bit deeper. Okay. Um, so softer and less it tannic. It smells, smells good. Yeah, it smells rich. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it's that thing where <clears throat> when you have high altitude wines, it um, keeps the aromatics in the grape skins and it's, something to do with like the wow. the chilly nights yeah mm. that is mm. so different from the other red yeah it's like thicker yeah and i mean that in a good way yeah it's got a uh, yeah. almost like a light jam like yeah a richer consistency yeah. about yeah, it. yeah definitely yeah. fuller bodied like really noticeably mm. like different but the purity of the fruit mm. is there which i really like i love the aromatics yeah it smells lovely doesn't it? as all great yeah. nebbiolo does it smells very attractive I just can't get over how different they are. Mm. Yeah. And the brilliant thing is, you mentioned earlier that one of your favourite meals is Mexican. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was thinking that. That's brilliant. I love Mexican. Oh, so, right. Serendipity there. Look. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> um, what do you think? Because it's fuller bodied, and if you're not normally a red person, it's quite rich. Do so when like? I saw the colour, I was yeah. like, oh God, this is going to be, yeah, rich. Yeah. But it doesn't taste rich in a bad way mm. like what i would associate with red wine just being just like quite heavy yeah um yeah i, I really like it i'm not sure i would drink glass after glass mm. but it's it smells amazing and like when it first hits your tongue you, you i don't know you just know it's there instantly yeah mm -hmm. yeah i like it yeah Good. i would say um 
it's markedly like different from Itali Northern Italian Nebbiolo mm. because has a real concentration of fruit like and that's from that, that mm. sunshine ripening the grapes and um yeah it's really kind of um ripe the fruit is ripe isn't it yeah yeah i think it's, it's that concentration yeah. that's what i didn't have the words i couldn't find the words but that's what it is it feels tastes very concentrated mm. yeah um whereas this one's more yeah like lighter like yeah. you said but not that that's bad yeah, definitely concentrate. Ben's oh, looking I'm quite so hopeful. confused. So, so many wines okay. to choose from. Come on, another point, another point. Um, mm. yeah. But it, yeah, all of the concentration, like, as we were saying, but like has a freshness, doesn't it? It has that like that lift, like that refreshing yeah. quality. It's not... It's like, it's yeah, concentrate, but it doesn't like overly linger. Yeah. Which is nice. It's quite interesting here because the two whites you've got are from the same part of Europe, essentially. You have Western mm -hmm. Hungary and Eastern Austria. And then here we have two sides of North America. You've got Canada and Mexico. Oh, so yeah. So region quite on, Do you guys not confer thing. on wines? Do you just no, no. bring so them in? Quite, no. See what happens. Quite the interesting to come out is like Ben's tried all the wines. <laughs> <laughs> like, all the wines in the world. All the wines <laughs> in the world much, yeah. Ben has tried. Because um, he's a buyer, so he's gone to lots of... Basically your job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this is my job. Um, but also, yeah, these are all Ben's lines. <laughs> they are, Ben's yeah. shop. But, so I've sort of gone on with, gone into this with like the wines that I would choose for, for myself, but also with you in mind after stalking you. <laughs> so that's why I went, I just thought, you're kind of sporty, you want fresh like light stuff nothing too like heavy and hangover inducing um <laughs> <laughs> this nebbiolo is not <laughs> i wasn't saying it was <laughs> but um yeah so this is the challenging part of the Hi. podcast where you must pick the competitive part about that yeah <laughs> so i think got two in mind oh tell okay. us the two okay so the sparkling <gasps> oh or this red so the sparkling i really liked as a sparkling that's probably like my favorite but this one really took me by surprise mm. okay so the gamut is the good way so yeah i'm gonna give it to the gamut congratulations so <laughs> Well done. But I enjoyed them all, of course. <laughs> but Ben won Good. the last. I did win the last one, yeah. Oh, last no, one. so what are you did like? You? Do you keep score? I don't think you did win. <laughs> <laughs> you should definitely keep score. Yeah, it, 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 it is something you like 10 the one two the last to score. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Which, considering she hasn't tried most of the wines. <laughs> I think it's me being an empath. Yeah, I think and it's just that reading so the, it's the stalking. It's yeah. the stalking. It's the stalking. <laughs> reading the person and thinking what okay. they would like. Nothing to do with ben the Ben just charm thinks in about what room. he likes. <laughs> 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 wow, well, I am glad you like the wines. Yeah, <laughs> I love trying new wines. It's great as well. Like it's it's good. I like to hear different. I don't think I've ever had a Hungarian or an Austrian wine. Cool. And like I said, I don't drink much red, so it's just good to have like different things. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. Definitely. I'm not, I'm a bit like, stick to what you know. 
Yeah. So I need this stuff to be forced on me. So <laughs> there we go. Grateful for that. We're happy yeah. to force <laughs> that on you. Job complete. Exactly. <laughs> Always exactly. Happy Objective to drink achieved. Wine. Well, it was a pleasure to introduce you to some new wines, and thank mm. you very much for joining us on yeah. the podcast. Yeah, thanks um, for having me. If people want to find out more about what you do, what's the best way to have a look apart from stalking you on Instagram? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a lot quieter on social media than I used to be, but Instagram is probably still the best place to stalk me. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> As what, I what would they have to look up to find you? Uh, at Kimberly Murray 88 excellent so, so even i could introduce me as kim i'm kimberly <laughs> full name <laughs> lovely well thank you very much yeah yeah thank you yeah, nice way to spend an afternoon yeah it's been a pleasure <laughs> excellent cheers. and we'll see you next time on right. wine flight let's do a little clink to finish cheers everyone cheers. Bye. this was a podcast produced by ben frank's wine and edited by Catherine ag to find out more visit benfranks.wine